From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 214, and today I'm joined by Alana Harkin, who is a correspondent, co-executive producer, and director of Full Frontal with Samantha B, among many other things. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down via isolation to watch Rosemary's Baby. I'm Jeremy, and I've seen this film a few times, but not in quite a while. And I'm here with... Alana Harkin. Uh, and you are in. Am the I supposed mi- to say my name? <laughs> oh yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> Am I supposed to introduce myself? I'll, I'll my name is proper, Alana. And, uh, and I'm here. Yeah, you. You're not only here. Where are you? You're in the middle of. Do you even know where you are? I'm right now. I'm in Beaufort, North Carolina, as opposed to Beaufort, South Carolina. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in Beaufort. But I you're think. in the middle of the. Uh, of like you're you're on this like whirlwind tour of just traveling from place to place as you shoot your show right yeah so i left new york in um 2020 i think we we got on the boat september 1st we started sailing south just before the election because <laughs> i was like i don't know what's gonna happen so i want to <laughs> be floating out in the atlantic i want to uh, be on international waters <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so we, um, yeah, so we've been sailing down the coast and experiencing the states, and I've been doing pieces down the coast for Full Frontal, and um, yeah, it's a really, it's a fascinating country with a very dark history. Let me tell you that, dude. <laughs> the Carolinas, Georgia, I'm like, woo, wow. But beautiful. It's beautiful here. It's the, you know, we've been eating a lot of food. Let me tell you that. My well, gosh. I bet just being able being all those different places, it's such a food culture, right? It really is. It really is. So, so, so yeah. So, but now I, I, I know I'm in Beaufort because I'm at a dock. So I'm, <laughs> I'm highly aware of where I am. <laughs> uh, and as a, as a, as a new imported New Yorker, you picked Rosemary's Baby. Well, you know what's funny? Um, haha, Rosemary's Baby, the an intro that has never been said. You know what's funny? Rosemary's Baby. I um I I have missed New York. I I you know, before we got on the the, the boat, I, I I've lived there for 6 years and I've really been missing it. And so um and you and I went through lists of movies. Like we were sending things back and forth. And what made me laugh, I was like, oh gosh, there's a million movies I haven't seen. Like I could, but everything you sent, I had seen, which is really amazing because if it's a comedy, I've seen it. Like I've yeah. really watched everything, but there is a whole list of films I have not seen for very specific reasons. Cause I do not want to see them. <laughs> I, I don't. I, and this is one of those films that I've, very much avoided so i've now convinced myself i'm watching it because i've missed new york and i would like to see um but you know i usually before something like this i would do a ton of research right like i would do i like to come informed to any interview i have but i i have not looked i don't know anything i did i know a couple things that I wish I did not know because oh, no. um, I am not great at watching a film that um, could potentially scare you on any level. I, <laughs> I'm a nightmare to watch those kind of films with. Uh, I know it's also directed by Roman Polanski and the, and the, the screenplay is written by Roman Polanski, who I also have a lot of opinions about. So that kind of clouds my, um, 
approach to the film as well, because it is one of the reasons why I haven't watched it. So, um, but I know it's a classic. I know everyone loves it. I know I have personally, as a comedian, made jokes about Rosemary's Baby and acted like I've seen it because everyone would be like, what? You haven't seen Rosemary's Baby? What's wrong? It's almost embarrassing to say I haven't seen it. So I feel like this is going to be, this is a real milestone. Um, I'm not looking forward to it <laughs> at all. Like I'm worried because, you know, I, people should know it right now it's 10 to eight. So this movie is two hours and 17 minutes. Like after 10, I'm probably going to have to have wine during this. I'm not going to be just be like, Oh, I'll have a smoothie while I watch this film. That's going to freak me out. Um, and then you and I are going to talk after 10 PM at night, which I don't know if I talk to anybody after 10 p.m. at night. So Except last night I was doing voiceovers for the show. Uh, no, on Tuesday night till like one o'clock in the morning for the little, so because I, so you talk to I know yourself. I can do this. I, I yeah. know I can do this. I know I can do this. Yeah. You were, were, you're going to be wind up with Yacht Rock in the background. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Rosemary Berry Five. Well, let's, let's. I'll let you go so that way we can jump in. I don't want you to. I'm like, I'm so, I'm honestly, I'm in a full body sweat about this film. Well, you know, you I know that to, there's, you yeah. Can message, like you, I, can, you can text me during it and if you need emotional support. Yeah, it's just classic Harkin. It's just classic. <laughs> I'm like, why Why can't you just watch a, a easy, like, why are you doing this to yourself? You did pick <laughs> it. I'm not going <laughs> to. No, it's completely on me. It was completely on me, but I just thought if I'm going to do a podcast, it better be entertaining and I might as well um, just not sleep tonight. So, um, or maybe I won't feel this way at all. I, I built it up to something. Um, anyway, I'm going to have a crisis of faith afterwards. So I know that. Anyway, let's just jump in. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished. <laughs> the look on your face. Well, <laughs> it's also quarter to 11. Yeah, there's also <laughs> that. I'm like mental. My kids are like, what are you doing? You're going you're gonna to go talk to somebody about the movie you just watched? Um, it's such well, an old-fashioned idea to kids these days, right? Like, this is what we used to do. This is what people used to do. We used to watch movies together and talk about them. I think they're just used to their mom, like, being fast asleep by this time. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I appreciate you saying um, me. No, gosh. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to watch Rosemary's Baby at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Uh, I cannot believe I waited this long to watch that movie. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I was thinking it was going to be like The Exorcist or something. And I honestly just cannot handle those. I watched those movies, but I like, even before we started to watch this movie, I watched it with my husband, who's also never seen it. Um, he's like, oh, I'm so excited for you to say press pause like every <laughs> every 10 minutes because usually that's what I do. I'm like, just stop it. I need to, I need to breathe right now, but I did not do that with this film. I, not at all. I, I love that you have I, a process for how you deal with movies that are uncomfortable like this. Well, it's either that or I have to go into another room and watch it from the other room and yell. Like I'm awful to watch a movie. Like I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I can't just, I've just never been one of those people that can watch something and go, it's a movie. Like just, it's just a movie. Like I even work in the industry, but I'm so engaged in it. Like I remember watching the red wedding from game of Thrones and just scream, like just yelling at the television. My, my husband had to stop. It went, it's just a television show. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. But I didn't, um, I didn't, this was, I'm like, yeah, right. It's like 1960s horror, which is clever, but I also knew where it was going at every, at every moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, it's, it's more of a slow, it's more of a psychological horror thriller type thing than anything. Um, but it's also like, it's one of those movies you have to almost look at it in terms of the context of its time. 
totally. and, and where it, and, and what the kind of movies have been made up to that point and, and go, oh, right. At this point, this was something that was super fresh. A hundred percent. And we did um, just because my, you know, I, I, I do have kids and they were coming in, they're going, what are you watching? Of course it was every, you know, the time when she's like lying on a mattress and they're like, <laughs> you know, tying down her legs. And How yeah, I kids? mean, uh, 11 and 14. That's when the 11, she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, get out. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's like, but um, yeah, absolutely. I, we stopped the movie down at that point. I was like, this is so I can tell like of, of the time, a hundred percent, it would be just mental. Um, and now watching it, it's more frustrating because I'm like, yeah, this is this is a film really about the patriarchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like everybody's surrounding her. And I'm just like, oh, where is her girlfriend's? There's that one like two minute scene, less than two minute scene where she's got some friends around her. Yeah. And, even and then the, the rest who, of it is yeah. just. It, yeah, it just. Yeah, it's like it, it just I and you I think you had told me at one point that people had read this as a comedic script. At one point, and, and I kept on thinking that, and unfortunately, it was really making me laugh because I kept oh. thinking about that because some of the lines were just, um, I could see how it could be, I could see how you could make this into a comedy. I mean, but at, at, at the same time, because it seems like a cautionary tale to really not hang out with senior citizens. <laughs> like, just... Don't hang out with people over sixty. <laughs> yeah, they're all, with the exception of John Cassavetes' character, all the Satanists are senior citizens. Everybody is a senior citizen. I mean, well, and his character was just like, ugh. It was just, you know, what a dick, and you're just angry at him the entire time. He's almost so, the worst. He's the worst. He's the worst, and you know. Yeah, and the way that it was it was filmed, I, and I I did really appreciate that. I, I I appreciated how how slow it was and how it took its time in a way that we just you know we just don't do anymore with 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 most films, and it and it really works. You know, um, I was I was I was trying to like make some notes as I. Uh, there was yeah. of, of my favorite things. Oh, and also, um, oh, I don't, I have to look at the names of, of the actors. Um, the, 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 the woman from, Ruth Oh my God, Ruth Gordon. She's from Harold and Maude, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which uh, I, she honestly, she completely stole the film. Like so I, great. She's so great. Like from everything, like her little, her charm bracelet at the beginning, it was just so thoughtful. I mean, I know she didn't pick the charm bracelet, but it just kept on making all that noise. And I was like, oh gosh. And there were so many, um, like even the, um, the elevator attendant, when he like looks both ways, when, I mean, of course you start reading into everything, but like she had this little, um, Ruth Gordon, yeah, she was had this like tongue lashing she kept on doing in the beginning. She was brilliant. She was actually she was she was absolutely my favorite part of the film. No, and she's meant to be this weird comic relief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not like and what what's, what I like about the casting of these older people until like the movie starts to you know give itself a bit of a wink closer to the end, like yeah these people are not Satanists. Like you don't like, you don't, you're not concerned about these people. They're just like friendly, probably too friendly mm. old people that are lonely in the building, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, uh, the slow burn aspect, even though you know exactly where this thing's going, just because, you know, we've watched thousands of movies and, mm-hmm. and, and so much has been done since this time. Like there's something nice about like the nuance that they try to, kind of move along with until you get into some of the moments that are just so not nuanced at all. This isn't a dream. This is real. I know. I know. And her inflection of her voice. How old was she? Uh, this was this like her first major breakout role. She was still married to Sinatra at the time. 
Uh, And they broke up. They broke up over this movie because he said she shouldn't do it. Why? Uh, I think he didn't like the script for her. He was very controlling of her. Uh, And so she did it anyway. And then, and then like literally came on set and was like, you need to stop. Try to get her to stop. She wouldn't do it. And then he served her divorce papers on set and she signed them right away and sent them back. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It was a whole thing. Uh, and because Robert, wow. but the thing was like Robert Evans in a desperate plea, the producer in a desperate plea to get her not to quit to save her marriage said, you're going to get nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Don't quit this movie. It's going to make your career. And so she's like, fuck Sinatra. I'm going to get an Oscar. Oh my gosh. So it was basically life imitating art because that's what bit. her husband did in the film. So she just used this. Oh, what is this business that we're in? Yeah. There's, it was a long time. We weren't great to females. Uh, I apologize on behalf of all cis white male. Oh, it's still not great. Oh, no, it's, no. It's, it's it's not solved. But it was but there was a time when it wasn't frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, and it's um yeah, it there was there was a few oh gosh, I don't even want to go down that road with this Rowan Polanski character. Yeah. Because that's a whole other podcast unpacking yeah. that. Um Well, you get like there's that like just right after the whole, you know, Satan rape as we'll call yeah. it. Like, yeah. Like, she wakes up, and even if the movie isn't horrifying enough or that whole sequence, she's just like, so you, we still did it? And he's like, well, I didn't want to waste baby night. It's like, what? Wait a minute. Unpack yeah. it for a second. So you raped yeah. your wife. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Aggra- and if we're to believe that it was you and not Satan, you were aggressive as fuck with her that you yeah. left marks on All the body. scratches on her, on her back. And she was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe don't do it again. Maybe don't. Yeah, it was just so, it's just so swept under the rug so easily. It, it, yeah, it was. And the thing is, is that, you know, that it's very difficult to watch a lot of films now because of that. So it's sort of like, uh, especially for myself, I need to just like, look at the story yeah. and and what I what I really liked about the story uh, a lot is the simplicity of it um, and that this idea that there's always something sort of hiding in the shadows and it looks really nice and it looks really great and I can see how this film inspired a lot of future films um, absolutely I uh, I, I think it's a because it's one of those one of those psychological thr- thrillers that's sort of like a little worm in your brain because it really is like anybody who's around you is the bad guy. Like it's not it's not like a Michael Myers sort of situation. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the sort of um, well, even when she goes to like confide in the one person that's left that she thinks she can trust, which is her daughter, do- her old daughter. I know. He's still who I always forget is is Charles Grodin. Every time I forget yes. Charles Grodin's in this movie for like a brief moment. Yes, I know he's so young in it uh, as well, and yeah, and you think that he's gonna be, but as soon as she's like lying down, she's like, "Well, everything is gonna be okay." God bless Doctor Whatever. God, God bless. I was like, "Oh, there we go." Yeah. Well, clearly the clearly the shit is about to hit the fan, and then um, yeah. And then weird bearded guy comes back in and sticks a needle in her arm. So, yeah, it was. um, But you know what? It it was so funny because I really like it is one of those films that like the title actually sounds worse than what the film is, because I'm like, they're going to they're I was like, I just either I don't want them to murder the bait. Like, I don't want to see a baby being murdered. Like, I just don't want to see this. But by the end. By the end of the film, I'm like, murder the baby. Like, You're down for it. Well, I'm just like, what are we going to do? And then I, I have to say, I, I actually was quite disappointed by the end. I, I needed something, but I mean, I guess this is what makes it great. I was just like, I needed something massively dramatic to happen. Um, but it didn't. Then she's like, okay. Well, I guess the message... Rocking, they were just rocking the baby wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's just, but that's... You're a mother. You understand motherly instincts, don't you? The idea that it's like, well, it doesn't matter if your baby's, baby's Satan's baby. Yeah, it does. Like, it's still your Listen, baby. 
<laughs> I'm, well, just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making fun. I, I, I get that. I get that. Because sometimes when you have a baby, you do think it's Satan. Like, it's just, especially if it keeps you up all night, right? You're like, what, what, who are you? But um, if its eyes are glowing red and it is, and everyone around you in hooves. that room. Who's apparently. <laughs> and is confirming that it is Satan. I think I'm okay with like. Yeah. Getting rid of it. <laughs> I mean, that child's not going to fit in at, at p- private school. Especially in New York. I mean, are you oh. kidding me? Not a chance. It's it's already hard to fit in. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to fuck with it, but it's not going to fit in. <laughs> yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a really, really difficult time. Um, but yeah, it made me laugh. Like when she was eating like the raw liver. Because I kind of went, mm-hmm, I get that. I had, I was, I completely ate so much prune yogurt. So I hear you, girl. I mean, except that your, your baby is Satan, so you have to feed it a whole other thing. It's <laughs> but I, I, diet, yeah. I ate an enormous amount of, of, of prune yogurt for some reason. So That was I, your I, thing, I, huh? For both kids or just one of them? No, just the first, just the first one. There was this weird, like, Greek prune yogurt you couldn't get enough of it. My wife had very different enough. things for both pregnancies. Um, oh, oh yeah. The first one, I was just like, oh, my gosh. But because you don't know anything. You're like, I have to do everything I can. And then the second one, it's like, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm fine. I can have coffee. I don't think I even had a coffee when I had my first child. For like, But a lot of people said, you know, I got really bad advice, but you know what? I, I agree with the doctor's advice to not read the baby books because they really did get in my head. <laughs> the advice I give everybody when they're about to become a parent is like, don't listen to anybody, including me. Like just fucking figure it out. Well, you know, and to some then extent. absolutely. Well, but at the, at the same time, you kind of go, why didn't anyone tell me anything? Why, why does it feel like I'm the first person on earth to ever give birth to a child? Why do I know zero information about this? And why isn't there a statue on my front lawn? Because I just gave birth to a human. So, um, yeah. Or because you just got your kid to sleep. Like, sometimes I'm just like, where's my reward? Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah, literally, was... for the longest time, it was just like getting bedtime was like just Sisyphus. It was just like that boulder went up the hill and the next day it was like oh so tonight's a bigger boulder because i'm exhausted mm. from last night and it's on fire got it my I, my children slapped they actually but it's because i made a deal with the devil oh, see, how well. I, see how i brought see how i brought that back <laughs> good choice in, in retrospect good choice oh my gosh i my note i took i had i have to sometimes write s- stuff down and this it's like a like I wrote a poem. I it, can I read this to you? Please. Can I just read you my note? These are my notes. Your haiku? <laughs> this is I don't know what this is my notes that I made while you know, on my phone, just because I'm in the pitch jar, because that's how you watch Rosemary's baby. And um oh my god, I don't even know. <laughs> this is I'm just gonna read them to you. This is how it goes. This is a poem. It's Alana Rosemary's Baby by Alana Harkin. The closet, charm bracelet, name a place I've been there, tongue lashing, necklace, I mean, come on, gone blind. I've been tearing my hair out about my career. Let's have a baby. Actor, reach up into flu while fire is burning. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Fireplace in New York City. I had a dream someone was raping me. The doctor cut her hair. All the men in her life who know everything, that's normal for early months. Give me a break. Raw liver pregnancy craving. Don't have old friends. You have to be under 60. (laughs) I'll give you a hand. No, no way. She married a shit. Guy sucks. Don't marry a shitty guy. Don't befriend old people. She figured it out. Stop telling Dr. Hill this! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Men suck. The keys. The needle. And then I just wrote, fuck, I don't know what that means. And, uh, oh, breast pump. Breast pump horn. (laughs) Well, that should be the name of the poem. Uh, Can you please post that poem on your Twitter when when this goes? What? (laughs) 
is that I this d- guy guy sucks. He does suck. See, that's the part in the film where every time he come he came on screen, I was giving him the finger. Um, okay, Cassavetes. Yes, and I I did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the um, this is when how you know filming a movie has changed or anything when he he reaches out <laughs> to open the flu in the the burning hot fire and he just reaches his hand in there yeah do you remember that when he and, oh, and i'm yeah. just like i'm like what and of course my head goes to like that's him reaching yeah to, that fire is real all that's real. that's a real that's real fire but she, there was um it when i i don't have this apartment uh anymore but i had a fireplace in my apartment in new york city and it was spectacular like i know it's probably unsafe and not good for you to burn wood in a small apartment as long but as you flew open you're okay yeah, I, I I guess I didn't even care. It was so romantic. But before um, we get back to your poem, there's this other moment in the movie that it's like just this other trivia. I know that it's just like signals like the time and era this was made in where it would not happen now. There's that moment when she's like crossing the street while pregnant. Yes, uh, and it's like that was done for real. They didn't have like people stalking traffic. That was just Roman plants going. Let's go, me and you. I'll shoot no. it so that yeah. She and no. she's like she's like I, that's not safe. He's like no, I'll hit a pregnant woman. Don't worry. And he he shot it himself because he didn't want no none of the camera operators would do it. No. Yeah, they just ran out and did it. No, no, like shutting down streets. No safety protocols. Like fucking r- ridiculous, stupid shit. That what? No one oh would my ever gosh. do. Oh my gosh! What other fun facts do you have about this film? That one is just in line with that. Like I've got some, uh, like some fun casting tidbits I can throw at you. Uh, but uh, but your poem was phenomenal, by the way. I I, I it, quite enjoyed that. It wasn't meant to be a poem. It was just um, <laughs> don't befriend old people. Uh, I don't agree with that. I have I have many elderly friends who are not witches and are not trying to impregnate me with Satan's baby. Maybe not the clusters of old people within the same group or coven as it is. A coven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they say there is lots of witches in in New York City. Craziness. Uh, one fun fact. Uh, so uh, I have the the Criterion Blu-ray of this movie, and inside there's some notes. Uh, Ira Levin, novelist's notes mm-hmm. from uh, describing the characters as he was writing them, the the wood houses, and okay. And, Something he wrote about Guy was that in his background is that he he wrote down that um, Rosemary was a virgin when they met, but Guy had had, quote, a few affairs, one or two homosexual incidents. Ah. That's how he describes it. Oh. In homosexual incidents. I'm like, that's a very. Incidents. Yeah. I mean, that's a 1960s way of saying it. I wonder, did he like the film? He loves the have, film. He thought he it did. was like one of the best adaptations uh, of of a book to a, a novel ever because they didn't change much. They, they stayed very like just down to like the color of walls. There's even like a small detail I know they kept when Charles Grodin comes back the second time. Like he's just starting to grow a mustache. That character that's from the book. So like the level of detail mm. that Polanski like just st- stuck with. Uh, and even Polanski said it's like his adaptation was basically just turning the book into a movie, like outright. Didn't try to change that much. Apparently, mm. uh, the only thing he had to do was cut it down because his first cut of the movie was four hours long. Um, uh, I believe that. Uh, and even now, like you look at it and you're like, this could be paced up a little bit, you know, by ten. Oh yeah, standards. it's two hours and seventeen minutes. I but could take a, yeah. a good seventeen minutes off of. Well, if it was filmed now, they would just make you. You'd get into it way faster. The Satan rape would be at like minute 30 as opposed to 50 minutes in, right? Yeah, I, w- I have to say I was really ready for it too. I was like, okay, let's skip ahead a few months. She's yeah. been pregnant for a really long time. So exactly. like, let's just get to it. Exactly. Yeah, I, f- I, f- I, I felt that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, what was I going to say? We were talking about, um, yeah, it's gone. 
have lost. Oh, things, day. facts, hot facts, hot. Because the thing is, as I told you, oh, I uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll, then I'll say. Well, I was going to say the thing that I, I, it was one of my hot facts. It was just like the one thing in terms of the pacing of this that I think was, mm. it really works in so many movies of this era were doing it anyway. But just there's so many of these like great long oneers that the movie does. Like that whole mm. first sequence, I always forget of them doing that tour of the apartment is like mm-hmm. one or two shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just keeps on going. And then there's that phone booth scene later on. When she's I know. The dark yeah. goes and it just keeps on going, but and that's the first thing they shot. That was the first thing they shot in the movie is that phone booth sequence. Really? Um, and so she had, and she's like, "I have one shot at this. <laughs> it's like a four minute page, four or five page scene." Wow! Like talk about a first day, you know? That's uh, actually pretty incredible that that was her first scene because it did not, it felt like she was playing the right intention there. A hundred percent. Like it didn't feel like tell you telling me that feels surprising to me because she, you did feel like the tension of the rest of the film and everything that had happened up to that point. Yeah. Well, don't forget this is back in the day when people budgeted for rehearsals and that kind of stuff. Oh, Ooh, say that one more time. (laughs) Budgeted for yeah, so it's like it's rehearsal. So it wasn't like she was figuring this shit out on the day. Hopefully, you know, you would you'd think that they probably had time to work out some of that, those kinks uh, before she arrived. Do you do you do that? Do you have rehearsal? Do you ever, or is it just a table read at this point? You know, it really comes down to. I mean, it's always a table read, but it's like it's uh, it comes down to scheduling and cast and, and who's in town and who's around uh it's been different on every project because some actors don't like to rehearse at all and some actors really like to rehearse i always mm. like to have as many conversations as i can with the, with the actors it, worst case scenario because i don't like to especially with comedy i don't like to over rehearse comedy because then it just gets stale like you mm. want to find the right levels so for me it's more about conversations like when i did James versus his future self, like Danny Stern and I went through that script, like beat by beat by beat. Cause for him, it was just like making sure everything made sense. Cause he didn't mm. like to, to his credit, bless him. He didn't want to waste anyone's time on set questioning lines or the script. He's like, when we get there, we're just shooting it. And he's like, so let's, so we did that in advance, which I so appreciated it. Cause I've been on the other spectrum where, where no matter how many times you ask an actor or say something, or it's like, Hey, if you have any issues or, or bump against anything, please let me know. We'll look at it. Mm. And you open that up and then, and then they wait until the day. And it's just like, now is not the time to, you know, do these last minute tweaks, but then you do them anyway mm. and, and things just get stalled up. So I appreciate, you know, when an actor has notes and thoughts in advance, because it just gives everyone time to think about it properly, as opposed mm-hmm. to figuring shit out on the day, which inevitably happens anyway. So oh I my always, gosh, I totally. Would, I would advocate for rehearsal time more and more. But for me, it's like, at the very least, I just like to chat a lot. So we're at least we're on the mm-hmm. same page. We're not figuring shit out on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had... Well, just because our schedule doing a weekly show, um, I have not had a rehearsal in a very, very long time. But I do have a lot of discussion because, um, of course, a lot most of what I do is is improvised um, in the moment. But with the interview process, there's tons of research and lots and lots and lots of conversations with our producer slash director about um, this is. You know about basically because I, ideally we 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 need to still find the arc of a piece, yep. and so we go in with a bit of a goal. And I know that I know I, I know at the edit because I work as a director on the show. I know the edit they want to get, so I have to you know sort of work it in, into the moment. But it's only because we've had like weeks of conversations about. But it's just conversations, which is like, which is not really rehearsal. I did have the only time I really had a rehearsal for a film. No, actually, that's not true. But the one that stands out to me was it was like a lifetime film. I can't remember what it was called, but it, we were shooting it in Ottawa, and there was a rehearsal. And I was like, "What?" Got there early. We had like a week rehearsal, and it was it really stood out to me because you're right. It just um, it's very rare for for to, to have the time and. 
and uh, and and it's true everyone's schedules are are bananas and i uh which is kind of weird because ideally you want to get actors that are just sort of like okay i'm here now yeah here for your i just i'm just here for your project i don't i'm not working 12 other projects you know or have my phone out working on other stuff at the exact same time yeah, it's that that lost art of that discipline. Yeah, the only time I ever did like strict real rehearsals was when I did Go Getters with Tommy and Aaron. Because uh, mm-hmm. you know that I don't, I I I was one of your GoFundMe. I only gave, I think I gave like two hundred bucks. I remember. I, I, I got I I I was I'm it's just all tiny, right? Like something pops up in your email. I'm like, yes. I'm not sure. I think I got a poster or something. I don't know what I got, but I oh no, I got the film. I got the yeah. film, and then I yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, I know because I was one of your producers. I know nothing. Go on. What, what were you going to say? <laughs> but yeah, just that because um, Aaron was really just there was a rhythm to a lot of that those scenes and that dialogue and the, the way they bounce between each other. So for him, it was really mm-hmm. important just to play with Tommy and get a sense of like mm-hmm. her rhythm and their rhythm. But of course, then you know Aaron didn't realize at the time is that Tommy and Perry will never do a take the same way twice. And if you expect her to do that, you're like, you're working with the wrong actor. The magic of Tommy is that she just will constantly play and discover. And once you like play with that, as opposed to just trying to do your own thing, magic happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so, love, I love her. I, I think she's amazing. Um, yeah. Super talented. Actually he is too. I saw him in a short film in San Francisco. I had a, a film that I uh, wrote and directed that was in a, like a, festival and his mm-hmm. film was in the same sort of evening and it was so it was such a weird he was in this room and then the, I, I don't know like it was he was he was really really great I really like him as a performer quite a lot actually he's very talented yeah he's fantastic and lovely to work with as well well, I'm glad that we could talk about him yeah. and other people could listen to this podcast and maybe give that poor guy a job. Give that guy a break. <laughs> uh, so, so back to actors, though. So my fun facts with actors in this was just some of the other people they had in mind for casting. Oh, right. That's what you were going to say. Gosh, we really took a segue there. Go ahead. It's okay. I, I bring it right back. See, that's my, that's my skill. Good for you. Good it's my hosting, you. my hosting contribution to the show. You must be a very talented director. <laughs> I can get people off tangents like nobody's business, including Amazing. myself. Um, so ironically, uh, I think it was um, uh, one of the producers wanted Jack Nicholson for the husband role. Ah. But, but Polanski thought he had too much of a devilish quality. I believe that. Yeah. Yep. Although it's not the cast of it. He doesn't either. Like he's definitely has that a creepy kind of vibe, but at least it doesn't present itself right away, which works nicely. Yeah. I could see. Um, yeah. I, I could see how that, I mean, he would also be great, but I, I, it, you know, it's it, actually, that's quite interesting because I, I did not catch on right away that he was going to end up being the shittiest husband ever um i didn't i didn't but then he started doing these little those little things like making her eat try and eat all the pudding and and then i thought okay he's he's in on it he's he's one of the bad guys but you're right if if i could see how that sort of casting um i know one of the films that we were going to do well that i was initially pitching to you was to do the shining because i have not seen the shining which is a lot to admit. That's and okay. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true, to be honest with you. I feel like I, I have seen it, but I, I, it was so traumatic that I've blocked it out. Um, or I've seen every single clip separately <laughs> that I've seen the whole film, but that was one of the films that I mean, I wasn't sure about that because um I had read that Stephen King did not like that adaptation of The Shining, that he actually really hated it. Um, So then I was like, oh, maybe I need to read the book. I've never actually read the book. I should, I, I, one day I should reread the book and then watch the movie again just to see, because I have no context for which to go, oh, is this a crappy adaptation? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen so many. Like, I've seen Carrie, and I've what's the I've seen the one about the car. What's the car one? Oh, Christine. Yeah, Christine. Um, and you know, it's so funny. Like, I've listened to so many podcasts with Stephen King in it, and I follow him on social media, and I and I don't. I'm not a fan of horror on any level. But I'm kind of getting a little bit into it because he's such a darling person. It seems like I'm like he's like his. I've listened to his sons interview him, and he seems like he's a, a great dad. And they write books together, and he's been married for over fifty years. And I'm like, I know he went through everything yeah. that he went through, um, but and he was probably a really crappy dad at one point. But I've really come to like him a lot. And he seems lovely in retrospect. He seems at like all. a nice guy. I don't know. He seems like his head's in the right place. So I, uh, and I just find that sort of fascinating. And yeah, there, I have a, I have a new appreciation, but it's mostly in books that I'm reading as opposed to films, because as I told you, like I'm just, they just, I am a screamer. Like I really do. <laughs> I that jump out of my seat. Yeah, that, no one that, wants to watch. No one wants me in a movie theater. Nobody. Oh uh, well, that's well. Next time you're back in Toronto and we're allowed to watch movies again together, we'll schedule something in person because that's how I used to do this podcast. But I think that that would be entertaining. You would hate it. Oh, that's okay. As long yeah. as it's something I've already, we'll have, as long as we pick something I've already, then I'll, be, then I'll just be entertained by you, and that'll be fine. Well, that's what I was kind of hoping for. This, I thought that's why I was like, we should watch The Shine or something. That I'm like it would actually be entertaining for me to talk about how mortified, how like pant, like honestly that I will not be sleeping for the rest of the night. I do not feel that about Rosemary's baby. I don't, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I appreciate how it was filmed. I see at the time how this would be really interesting and it would have been a bit of avant-garde or, you know, I appreciate the storytelling and the pace of it, but it certainly didn't, make my skin crawl yeah yeah one just one little thought i had when you were talking about cassavetes and about like how he doesn't give it away too fast i think there's that one moment that i kind of noticed this time around when he gets that phone call about the actor that went blind and yes. it's like and he's great oh, in yes. that scene because when you watch him in the scene it's almost like you know he went over the night before to the, the neighbors yes. they like they pitched him to deal with the devil he mm-hmm. accepts obviously he accepts and then when that phone call happens, he knows it's real. And it's yeah. like watching him go, okay, fuck, now I have to go through with it all. I have to do everything. I have to like, they're going to yeah. bring over the pudding. I got to get her to eat it. Yeah. Like he's just realizing, okay. Uh, it's uh, And it's very subtle and small, but it's great. And it's one of those things you don't pick up on until like, I think it's impossible to catch the first time around because uh, it's way too early to start knowing that's where it's going potentially. But, yes. Uh, yeah. But as soon as the, um, what, what's his name? Not Hutchins Higgins, the friend whose gloves uh, goes, the glove goes missing. Hutch? Hutch, Hutch, it's Hutch. As soon as his glove isn't there, I'm like, Oh, he gave him, one of them either i didn't think that he gave him the glove but i thought the um someone had obviously taken the glove and they've already done the sold like you know witches thing but um yeah no it's you know it's it, it's also one of those things where you know they're like oh he you know she it, it, i think he says that line at the end of oh well it would be if you know if you just lost the baby it would be the same like, like, what? No, because you gave birth to the Antichrist. So it's a slightly different. You can't minimize what just happened. If you'd lo- it'd be the same. I be the don't same. Know. It's, it's like the same thing, except you just have to like not remember how painful your, your whole pregnancy was because you were growing Satan inside of you. Yeah, just um, get over it. Yeah, so it was more of those things in the Fuck. film that I was just like, oh, kid, oh, I just want to, oh, you know, so so frustrated at that she, you know, when she's like sitting there going, oh, do I take the pill? Oh, I'll take this weird creamy mixture with like black specks in it. Um, Seems yeah, normal was, to me. That could be the other tagline for this movie is Rosemary's Baby, the patriarchy is real. 
the patriarchy is real oh yeah i that's i kept on saying it to my husband i go this film is about the patriarchy and he's like i know lana i get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the first time you've said that <laughs> everything's about patriarchy um yeah yeah uh, i mean you're not wrong no, for the majority not, of media created by men <laughs> No, I, I, I'm definitely not wrong, but you know, I did quickly when I finished the film, I know that you, uh, finished before me, but I, I, I did have to look up. I'm like, what did, like, did she like working with Roman Polanski or what's their relationship now? And with him and, um, and apparently she, she did quite enjoy. Yeah. They got on well, him and Cassavetes apparently fought like, like cats and dogs, like they did not get on because they just had very different approaches. Because Cassavetes is a director as well, and is of course, big, yeah, big improv and all that kind of stuff. And they did not get along at all. Apparently, it was a mm. very unhealthy working relationship, and and both regretted it. But I think they both do good work despite it. In film and television, an unhealthy relationship, unheard of. Bonkers. <laughs> So, I've heard of. <laughs> so the original actor that he wanted for Rosemary, um, oh, because uh, Mia was uh, Robert Evans' casting idea. He wanted Goldie Hawn. Oh, weird! Wouldn't that have been a different movie? I think he also oh had gosh. Sharon, his wife, his 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 tragically not tragically still alive wife, but pre tragic Sharon Tate. Wife. Sharon yeah. Tate was also up for for it. Um, but because, and the reason why Goldie Hawn, because the way that Ira Levin had written the character was more of, uh, not, you know, cause the thing is Mia's very, has, you know, a bit of a gaunt quality to her and, and mm-hmm. Rosemary was written as being a bit more full bodied, you know, to a typical woman, um, as opposed to being someone of, you know, the slenderness of, of Mia Farrow. But then they really played into the gauntness of Mia Farrow. Yeah, well, when yeah, which I think is part of the story too. Is is that well, it's that first trimester of giving birth to the Antichrist, Delana. It it takes a toll. It really took a toll on her. You know, you just if she only she knew. Yeah, but once you first needed, that, that first trimester, it was you know not so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just you know what the first trimester is hard for everybody. Honestly. Some people get very, very sick. Some people get very, very tired. And apparently, if you're going to give birth to the Antichrist, you or not. Like you're, all, you're also going to die. So, yeah, she really nailed pregnancy. Um, yeah. yeah, they really, uh, really made that part universal. They really sold it. it. You know, you watch that film and you just went, hmm, can't wait to have a baby. Can't wait to give birth. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't schedule baby night sex when you're married to John Cassavetes because if you fall asleep early, he'll just rape you. Yeah, and and you'll just go, okay, should I go get you a beer from the fridge? Didn't you know, we, I think also that sort of his um, line too, his line I I wrote it down was it was fun in a necrophile sort of way. That's right. <laughs> like what? And then he laughs it off because that's just a funny thing to say. I know. And then it's just her back to camera because Roman Polanski at that point probably went, I can't really have the camera on her face because what she, what is her expression going to be? Like, yes, I agree with that. Or, you know what I mean? I can't, I wonder what, like, that's one of those moments where I'm like, because even like, you know, whatever the 40 or 50 years ago this movie was shot. I you gotta hope there was a conversation on set where she's like, really? Like he she doesn't she just goes along with this. There's no comment at all. She's just you know, like you just wonder. I'm like, was there like did she push back at all and say should she be a little bit more? I mean, it, she does have a takes slight agency with it where she's just like, we couldn't have done it this morning. <laughs> well, I don't know because she was okay. So this film. In the film, it takes place in '66, and it's it says, but it starts in 1965. So clearly, well, they're trying to do the timing so that if you look at the math, it's like he's due okay. June, June the sixth month of '66. So you got the six 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 going on, right? Didn't didn't get 
See, this is why you do this. This is why you do what you do. Uh, I did not get that. What are some other secrets from this film? Oh, six, six, I, that's so creepy. Yeah, so I don't think I think it, I think it was probably coincidental that Ira Levin was writing it around that time and just went, oh, the it's sixty six. If I just like put it in, but you know, do you know when they way. actually shot this film? Like what year? It was in the. I can let me just pull it up on the disc. It's got. Uh, I think it was in the seventies. It actually came. Oh, sixty eight. Came out in sixty eight. Came out in sixty eight. So, but and then if it was sixty five in the film, like was it six? Was it because I'm just because she's born in. If I'm doing the math correctly, she was born in about 1945, then because she's like in. Yeah. And so, so she was probably like 19, 20. Yeah, I don't think the, the the year in the movie is meant to reflect like the production in any way. I think they were literally just going for that like six 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 right thing. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys, we're gonna just yeah. No, I'm just wondering about with. Oh, Mike, I don't know. Like she might have been 19 years of age. She's young. I mean, just the way he in, in that in that little blurb where uh, oh. Idea what did I lose? Did you lose me? I lost you for one second. Yeah, you're talking. Oh, I'm back. The last thing I heard was uh, she's 19. She's 19. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and and even in the the description of the characters for the novel, like in the notes that Ira Levin has in the the Criterion book, he describes her as being at least 10 years younger than the guy character. Well, of course, that's how it how it worked. It would be disgusting if she was the same age as him. Ugh. Like, ew! <laughs> <laughs> how horrifying! <laughs> just gross. I know. I, I'm married to an older woman. I throw up all the time, Alan. I just oh. I'm like, ugh. The, wow, the- you're 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 what you just you just are you kidding me? That's the dream. I'm what so you, kind. What are you yeah. talking about? You're that's the dream, right? Married to an old like isn't that isn't that what everybody just hopes for? <laughs> I like that. I like that with the one I got. She well, has no idea. She's way better than me. I just has, still hasn't figured it out. Congratulations! Yeah, I've seen you talk about your family. You seem to love her very much. Yeah, they're good people. They'll, they'll do. <laughs> you like them? They're, they're not. Okay. Sat- you didn't have Satan's babies. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I know I know how to raise them. Oh, I, I, you know, it's well, I have to say thank you because I don't know why I've avoided watching this film. Uh, I don't know why. And well, it, it, when, it, you, when you asked me up front, I think I think we weren't rolling at this point, but you're like, is it scary? I'm like, well, I don't want to give anything away. But also it's like not. No, it's really, not at all. No. No, you know what? It's not even like I. Uh, yeah, I and and listen. I obviously it took us how long to do this? Like a year. It's so you know. I I, I really do overthink things. I do really want to make sure. Like it's like, what is a film that I really want to see? Not just some sort of whatever, you know. Um, but I I did go and and listen obviously to to your podcast, and it is incredible the films that people have not seen. I'm like, yeah, these, it's so true that these sort of films, like after a while, you're like, oh, whatever. I don't need to watch it now. Like there's so many other films to watch. It's just, there's, it's an overload of amazing television now that I don't even get to all the films. Yeah. Um, Because I'm a member of the DGA and of SAG, I get every single film that's possibly going to be nominated. And when I first, this first started happening, I was like, oh my gosh. And I would watch everything immediately. I haven't even gotten to like half the films from this year that were nominated. Cause there's, there's just so much good TV that I'm yeah. like, you know, that I'm watching. So, um, but yeah, it did make me, I, 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 you know, went back and I'm like, wow, I, I don't, I don't think I've seen this film, and that's one of the things that we actually did do on this uh, this year of this pandemic. I felt like it was really time for my kids to see like Anchorman, and um, at pretty much every Will Ferrell film, every Melissa, McG- you know, because they're yeah. they're still there. A lot of them are R rated films, especially Melissa McCarthy's films. But I'm like, it's time. It's time for you to see 
you know, movies like Spinal Tap and Airplane. And we, we really did. We watched all, and I've seen them all. Yeah, I just but, watched Spinal know, Tap with my son last week. He loved it. It's one of the best. That is, you know, I would say that I am not somebody like you who watches multi, uh, one film multiple, multiple times. I have seen Spinal Tap easily a dozen times. It is. It, I think it was one of those films that actually made me want to get into the business because I watched it and I was like, uh, I, what, uh, uh, like, and I would love to do a film like that. I would love to do like a true, like a, you know, there's obviously a ton of improvisation in that. And I just feel like it was so, I, it really never gets old. I can't believe I'm talking about Spinal Tap on the podcast where I'm supposed to be talking about Rosemary's Baby. I can't believe I found a way to segue to Spinal Tap. My, I can hear my husband laughing because he's like, I can't believe she just segue to Spinal Tap. Um, yeah, I'm so happy that you're, I'm so, well, you know what? I have to say, I lie. My kids, I did not watch my own tap with my kids. I watched it with, with Michael. I have, I'm a bit nervous. How old is your son? 12. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm so like, what if they don't like it? I, well, then, I don't know if I, I mean, that's, that, they, that's really that going to define, that's gonna define <laughs> your relationship with your kids. That's, that's the problem. It's going to change. It's gonna, I'm just gonna be like, I don't know if we can do this anymore. I was, but I, they, yeah, but they like, a, no, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. Okay. It made me love my son more in, in some ways. Of course. Like, he appreciates certain things. But I also been primed, like, he's watched, like, Monty Python stuff, and he's cool with, like, a slower-paced mm-hmm. movie. So it's like he's not one of those kids who has, like, a, a, a weak attention span. So I knew he'd mm-hmm. be able to, like, tolerate the slow bits and, like, the slow burns that are earned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, literally for the rest of the week, he just go. He just goes on walking around, referencing, making inappropriate references. Uh, he did say something about his love pump to his sister the next day. I'm like, that's not okay. You can't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he went over to the piano and then played some beautiful chords. Then told his sister to suck his love pump, and I'm like, not funny, not appropriate. My gosh. Well, as I, as we mentioned, I don't know if it'll make it into the podcast, but I've been living on a boat and I've been living, our boat is pretty fast and we went to 11 knots and I posted somewhere that it goes to 11 and people were like, Oh, oh that's fast. I go, but you know what I'm talking about, right? And they're oh. like, no. And people who didn't, I was like, are, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> we're I not friends think, anymore. Yeah. I can now uh, mute you on Facebook and You're now, uh, it's now done. Um, any, yeah, any, so that's him. Any final thoughts on, on I almost said Spinal Tap, Rosemary's Baby? On Rosemary's Baby, um, let me go back to my weird poem that I wrote. Um, well, I was correct when I, I was, the, uh, the only time that I was really yelling at the screen was when she was telling Dr. Hill everything. I was like, stop it. Just stop telling him everything. You're too trusting. Um, but uh, yeah, you know what? I guess just to wrap it up, uh, Rosemary's Baby is a film about the patriarchy. Um, it's a film about not becoming friends with too many old people. And if you uh, give birth to Satan, um, I don't know. You you do what you need to do at that point. But uh, I don't think we need to see that, that. I can't talk about murdering babies. I can't end this with murdering babies. <laughs> No one gets, yeah. come on. He's, they, hey, he was in a black cradle. Um, yeah, they yeah. weren't being subtle at that point at all. No, they just threw that all, like in the up down, the upside down cross and stuff. That's when it got a little bit funny. And they're all just like, like it's like all the, I don't know if they were extras or not, but they were all just sort of like, I'm like, why isn't anyone moving? They're it, all it, just like, they look like statues. Yeah, the thing that bumps me about the ending is like they spend so much time like letting these people be real three-dimensional characters. And then mm. all of a sudden, like in the last five minutes of the movie, everyone becomes like a, a stereotype. Well, it's like he got, it's like they, everyone just got tired. And they're like, let's, there's nothing else that we're going to do. We can't really show the baby. We don't have those special effects. Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> let's just wrap it up. Yeah. And just do some like really rough rocking of cradle. Um, I like that yeah. they don't show. Like I think even like with modern effects, like it's way more like impactful for her to. Just it be, is. Like, what did you do to its eyes and me to have to think 
what the fuck's wrong with his eyes? Like for me to create an image in my head is way worse than anything they would make. So true. And it's so rare now. And it go, it really does, you know, speak volumes that I'm like, I want to see the baby with the big eyes and the hooks. I'm <laughs> not satisfied. I want a nightmare. Give me nightmares. Until I see Satan baby. I want to see Satan baby. And then I'm going to go to Jeremy. And then I'm going to go to bed at 1130. Well, this was really fun. I didn't imagine that I'd be laughing this much after watching Rosemary's baby. Um, so we really should pick something with some high stakes of uh, really yeah, we'll we'll watch a movie together, and you just you'll just see me. I'll just be standing the whole time. I, look I have done to that. that. I've watched movies standing the entire time. It's awful. Well, I deeply, deeply look forward to that day. You don't. You don't. That's <laughs> sweet of you to say. Thank well, thanks, you. thanks, Alana. Thanks, Jeremy. Let's all go. Thanks for joining us for Rosemary's Baby. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.